Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Tuesday, December 28, 2020. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Happy belated Christmas from my Christmas belly. Trying to emulate Santa Claus. I hate so much food, bro. Since my birthday, actually, since December 21, it's just been a food fiesta. How are you guys doing? How's your Christmas? Did you do anything fun? Did you get arrested like a police chief did way back when? Did he get arrested? I don't even know. Anywho, um, what are we here to talk about? I, I came here... To shit on Wonder Woman 1984. That's all I'm going to do on this podcast. So if you want to sit here and defend it, you are out of luck. Do not, don't, don't listen to this. If you even remotely want to defend Wonder Woman 1984 for being a good movie. Oh, this is going to be a spoiler filled episode. So just in case, just in case you want to watch it and not be spoiled at how garbage it is. You should probably skip this episode. Okay, let's talk about it, guys. Okay, wait, first of all, how do you watch it, JC? Yeah, no. Special Agent John. I'm sorry, bro. There's just, there's no HBO Max here, right? There's no freaking Disney Plus for Soul. I'll talk about Soul later on. But Wonder Woman 1984 was the hottest piece of garbage that I've seen in a long time. You know, a few, maybe like a few months ago, maybe even a year ago, I shit on Aquaman because I fucking hate that movie. Aquaman, I called Aquaman the worst DC movie I've ever seen. I have to concede now. Concede that to, is that the right way to say it? It's, basta, 1984, Wonder Woman, is the worst DC movie I've ever seen. It's just so bad. I, I posted on my Instagram story saying how much I hated it. And I had a friend who summed it up perfectly. My, fa- my friend Ryan uh, in the States, he said, it's like they were actively trying to make the worst movie ever. And that's what it felt like. So, you know, spoiler filled. First of all, okay, I remember the first Wonder Woman. Wasn't she supposed to not be able to train until she was a teenager? So in the start of the the second movie, I'm just going to call it Wonder Woman 2, she is like a little kid doing all this crazy Amazonian shit, which is cool. I mean, I get it. It's cool, you know. But where was the whole... Didn't they address that in the first movie? doesn't make any sense. And then I was wondering the whole point of that... What was the whole point of that first sequence? So uh, at the end of the, the, the Amazon trial thing at the st- in the second movie, she cheats, right? Quote-unquote cheats. And the mom, or I forgot if it's the mom or the the warrior teacher, she's like, do not lie. And I'm like, what the fuck is the point in this scene? And eventually it does have a point because the movie is about a wishing stone. It's like a magic lamp, but it's a stone. And the bad guy, uh, who, by the way, was the best part of the movie. If if you're going to find one good thing about Wonder Woman 2, it's Pedro Pascal, a.k.a. the Mandalorian guy, a.k.a. I think he's the guy in the first season of Narcos. Um, 
or maybe even the second season. Uh, he was good, but as we go back, the point is don't lie. But the whole scene was, it just felt like it was so out of place. And then, and then before we move on to the, the villain, let's talk about the first hour of Wonder Woman 1984. There was barely, barely any Wonder Woman. And when she was in there, she was kind of just floating. Like the action sequences were stupid. There's this whole part at the start of the movie with a mall robbery. And it takes way too long. And it feels like a comedy movie. If you, if you, if you've seen the movie, or if you're going to watch it, just l- watch the scene and you're going to be like, this feels so weird. It didn't feel like it was, like the tone of the movie was already weird as fuck. It took her way too long to defeat these, these bullshit henchmen. It was so corny, man. And the fight sequences were not good. Uh, yeah, it was, it was strange. And then they bring in, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh fuck. I have to look her up. What is her name? The the cheetah girl. Not not Raven. <laughs> who Kristen Wig? Kristen Wig, who is who you might know from Bridesmaids. Um, so she plays a, a villain. Well, she's a good guy, and then she becomes a villain. She becomes cheetah. So first of all, they try to make her out to be like this ugly, like weird person. And then she wishes on this magic stone that they, she works at like, they, her and Wonder Woman work at like this arc, arc, uh, archaeologist place. I don't know. They like take old goods. And there's this stone that she finds and she wishes on the stone. She wishes that she's like, she becomes more like Diana. And by doing so, she inadvertently gets superpowers because she wished to be like Diana, who she didn't know was Wonder Woman. Uh, but the one part of it is the transformation to being quote unquote ugly to being, you know, sexy and hot. But she, she just changes. I think she just takes off her glasses and she looks exactly the same. Kristen Wiig is not ugly. I'm just saying if they were going to make a transformation seem more drastic, it feels weird. Like it, it doesn't feel like well, she looks the same and people are looking at her all different. Like, damn, you're fucking hot now. What? <laughs> uh, I I will admit, Kristen Wiig was okay. She was all right. Uh, it's very Amazing Spider-Man 2. If you've ever seen Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Jamie Foxx character, Electro. It's like the same shit. She even dies by electrocution. <laughs> but it just... Oh, man. Okay, the whole story is this wishing stone goes into the wrong hands. First, it goes into Kristen Wiig's hands. And then it goes into Pedro Pascal's hand, who plays a guy named Max something. Maxwell something. And he wishes to become the actual stone. So he becomes like a genie. And anyone, every time he talks to someone, as long as they wish something, it happens because he's the fucking stone. Think about that for a second. And then it gets to the point, guys, I kid you not, the whole, he broadcasts to the world. You can wish for anything. And the whole world's wishes start coming to you. You ever seen Bruce Almighty where he gets all these prayers, right? And he has to reply to them, but he's, since he's so overwhelmed, he just replies all in an email format and he replies yes. So he grants everyone's uh, wishes. It's like, it's exactly the same thing. There's no difference. It's just this time it's wishes instead of prayers. So that leads you to question a lot of things. First and foremost, you're saying that nobody on earth, on earth, because it, it, it was broadcast, I think, to the world, even if it's just the US. I don't even remember anymore who he broadcasted to. 
But basically, people were making wishes left and right. You're telling me no one wished for the world to end? There's no, like, depressive maniac out there that was like, oh, this guy's crazy. I wish he would... I wish the world would end. Or just say, I wish this motherfucker would shut up and die. No one would say that? You've never said that to your TV? I wish this guy would shut the fuck up. Nobody? And then there's got to be kids who have seen it. You know, a kid could be like, I wish, I wish things would go back to normal. I wish things were normal. I wish, I wish this craziness would end. No one wish that? So stupid. Like all logic went out the window when they decided to do the whole Bruce Almighty thing. It doesn't make any sense. The Bruce Almighty, it kind of works because it's a comedy. They're trying to base this in, not reality, obviously it's a superhero movie, but they, they're trying to make, I, I, I feel like the DC universe, they, they've been trying to make a point to make it more, you know, it's darker, right? DC movie, Batman, blah, 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 blah. But it just did, it, it just didn't sit well with me that, that there was this huge gaping ass plot hole, plot hole, plot hole, gaping asshole plot hole is what I call it. There's just so much shit that you have to ask about. That's why it's a gaping asshole plot hole. Makes no sense. Um, but once again, I will say, Pedro Pascal was very good in what was a, a role that seemed very limited. He he really, they, they on Reddit, people are saying he hammed it up is the term. Parang ano, he just, parang basabihin to? He didn't take it too seriously. He's like, fuck, I'm just going to go all out with this role. Ganun. It was okay. He was okay. Um, the Wonder Woman fought maybe three times in the whole movie. Once at that corny mall scene. Once in with the cars, which was an okay scene. But she seemed to have a lot of difficulty. I guess because she was losing her powers. Because Oh, don't even. Oh, for I got to go talk about that shit. Uh, but okay, so the car scene. And then she fights Cheetah. The Cheetah fight... Would have been cool if it lasted for more than two minutes. It looked pretty okay. They hyped up Wonder Woman's armor so much, and it really didn't play a big factor. By the way, the armor belongs to the original Wonder Woman from the TV series. What's her fucking name? Wonder Woman. She makes a cameo at the end. What is her name? See, I didn't grow up in the 70s. I'm still young, guys. I'm still young. Doesn't mean that if you know who it is, you're old. Who is her? What's her? Linda Carter. Linda Carter, who played Wonder Woman in the 70s. She made a cameo as the Amazonian, whatever, queen warrior at the end, at the end, at the end. Uh, so, yeah, the, the armor was hyped up. Didn't do shit, really. The fight was okay, but it should have lasted longer. But let me let me talk to you about the worst part of the fucking movie. Why did they have to bring back Chris Pine? And of all the fucking ways to bring him back, they have him inhabit some random dude's body. You watch the, if you watch the movie, you'll see people's wishes are coming true. You'll see like cows, like a man wish for like a farm and then like cows appear in front. Why couldn't they just bring back? Cause, uh, uh, Wonder Woman's wish in the thing, like she didn't know that it was going to come true was Chris, Chris Pine's character would come back. I forgot his name in the movie. I forgot his real name in, in the, or I forgot his name in the, in the show. Steve, Steve Trevor. She wishes for Steve Trevor to come back, but he comes back in another random dude's body. Why? And it see it doesn't seem like this random dude was like a, a dead a corpse or something. It wasn't like some guy who just died in an accident. It's just a random dude. And and there was like no dialogue about them saying that this is bad. I don't know. It feels kind of weird, right? 
they're just going to inhabit this guy's body. They don't even care who he is. Feels super anti-hero. <laughs> I was looking on Reddit too. People are saying that's kind of rapey, right? There's some rape vibes to it. I mean, I don't look at it that way because it's supposed to be a movie. But it just feels weird that they had him inhabit a random dude's body. And I don't think they plan on using the, the, cause the character, the actor who plays the random dude is a different guy. But then once Diana discovers it's him in that guy's body, for the rest of the movie, it's just us that sees him as Chris Pine, but he's really in that guy's body. It, it's just so weird. Such a, it, it felt so pointless. What was the point of bringing him back? They should have left him dead in World War II. It was so stupid. I mean, it brings some funny moments when he's, he, you know, because he died in the 40s. So he's in the 80s. Now he's discovering all these, the fashion and whatever. But they didn't even really go into that route. And then they have him pilot this new aircraft, which I don't know how he would, because I know he was a World War II pilot, but th- th- there's no way that he could pilot a brand new in the in, you know, 80s aircraft from a 1940s aircraft. He wouldn't know the difference. And they stole it from a museum. So that shit had enough oil or gas to get to Egypt or wherever they were going. Who thought of this movie, dude? It makes zero, like a lot of the stuff don't make sense. And I know it's a superhero movie, but you still have to have a little semblance of reality when it comes to superhero movies. Just continuity. You know, continuity from the first film. Why was she training as a, as a child when she wasn't really supposed to as a teenager? That's one. Uh, they should have left Steve Trevor dead. Why bringing him back just brings up so many issues. It, it is such a bad movie. The dialogue is not good. The fight scenes are fucking whack. Except for the cheetah scene, which I enjoyed, like I said, but it was so short and it, it felt anticlimactic at the end. But the, the, when they were like going head to head, when she was, when cheetah was bashing the armor and shit, that was pretty cool. And I would watch like five minute fight scene of that. It was not, it was not good. It was not the vibe. Terrible movie. And I was surprised to see that it, it still did a lot of people gave it, it it's in the it's in like the 60s or 70s in rotten tomatoes i have no idea why it movie is garbage hot basura as they say in my household <laughs> dude that movie's so fucking bad how was wonder Woman? how's gal gadot gal gadot gal gadot's fa- uh, how gal gadot how was her how was her performance it's basic she wasn't bad. She wasn't outstanding. But what else can you do with that script? And you know, Wonder Woman is known. I, I know that they, the first movie was very big in terms of female and women empowerment. Uh, and I, I res- that's why I kind of respected the first movie. I didn't really like the first movie. But it was. I understand why it was good. It was okay. It was watchable. This movie is not watchable. Wonder Woman 1984 is not watchable. I don't think they try to push an agenda. Maybe they kind of do push an agenda with the women's uh, empowerment. Like when Kristen Wiig uh, defeats the the sexual harasser guy. Or, or, or Chris, Chris Pine doesn't really do shit. He does nothing in this movie. He does nothing to help. He's just a burden. He's just a love interest. Which is okay. I get it. But... What is that's why I'm saying there's no fucking point of Chris Pine being brought back. Okay, there, there, and on top of that, on top of that, 
it's just a stupid ass movie, man. I fucking hate this movie so much. I hate it more than Aquaman. And you know how much I hate Aquaman. Aquaman had cheesy dialogue. But at least, at least Aquaman had some, oh, I don't even know. Aquaman's pretty bad, dude. <laughs> Wonder Woman. What were they thinking? You know, it's a good DC movie. I know it wasn't like the most well received either. But Birds of Prey is one of my favorite DC movies to come out in a long time. Shazam was good too. Birds of Prey though, solid fucking movie. Very watchable, very rewatchable. The 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 little Asian kid was kind of annoying, but I told you I don't really like kids in movies for the most part. That's a movie you got to watch. If you haven't seen Birds of Prey, that's a good movie. Wonder Woman 1984, freaking stupid. Just the whole wish part was so dumb. Wish 107.5. Um, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that's how many 15 minutes I've been shitting on this movie. It's just, it's not good. I cannot, I cannot figure out a universe where people, okay, I, I will have to say that some people did message me after, to my, they replied to my Instagram story saying, Oh, I don't get it. I thought it was good. Eh, I mean, I understand if you thought it was good, but you're wrong. <laughs> Man, everyone, well, not everyone, but most people were on my side and saying that that movie was garbage. It just did not have, it, and it was so fucking long. Oh my god, I remember I was watching, I was about an hour in, and I was so bored. And I looked at it, and it was another hour and a half left. And you know what's weird, is in that last hour and a half, nothing happened. Nothing happened. You see the world go to chaos because of people randomly saying, oh, yeah, I wish this. I wish that in front of, of, of uh, Pedro Pascal. I'm, but it's just it's so it's so stupid. Dumb movie. It should never have been made. I feel like that's why I went direct to video. <laughs> I would be so pissed if I paid for that. I would be so mad at my wallet. I, I'd be mad at myself for emptying my wallet to go watch that hot piece of garbage dude wonder woman such a stupid movie is there anything more you want to say about wonder woman 1984 i hope it never gets greenlit for a sequel i i really hope it doesn't unless they change the writer or maybe the director because it's the same director i think right as the first one the first one you know as much shit as i give it for not you know not being the best movie i it was an okay movie like, I don't regret watching. I regret watching Wonder Woman 1984. It's a regret. It's one of those movies that you just feel you wish you could wipe through your memory. Like fucking Midsommar. That movie sucks too. Midsommar. Did I talk about that on this podcast? Oh my god, that movie is so fucking stupid. It's such a stupid... And it has like a cult following... You know, like horror movie lovers love that shit. They get a hard on on it. Hard off, you know, hard on. They get off on that shit. Like, I love the lighting. I love the cult, you know, the cult-like vibes of the film. Dude, that movie sucks, bro. (laughs) But not as much as Wonder Woman 1984. Wonder Woman 1984 is in my top worst movies ever. I can't name you my top worst movies ever. I know Aquaman's up there. Wonder Woman 1984 has joined the fray of worst movies that I've ever had the displeasure of viewing. It's movies that I would never watch again. It's movies where if I was on in a what in a in a room with no entertainment and I was stuck in there for six days, seven days, and they gave me 
Wonder Woman to watch on tape. I would not watch it. I will suffer in silence. Wonder Woman 94 is so bad. Don't watch that shit ever. Okay, let's move on to the other thing. This one I will try to keep spoiler free because I highly recommend this movie. It's called Soul. S-O-U-L by Pixar. And if you watch any Pixar movie besides the ones that I hate like Wally and The Good Dinosaur and Brave and to some extent the Cars series. But Cars 1 was okay. Most of Pixar's movies are amazing. They hit home. They have a message that you can, you know, take with you. Even growing up, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a product of the Toy Story era. Now I learned lessons from Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, A Bug's Life, which is criminally underrated. People hate A Bug's Life. It's, when I look up best Pixar movies, A Bug's Life's always near the bottom. That movie's way better than Wally. I, and so many fucking people love Wally. So many people love Wally. Why? Wally sucks, dude. The first hour has no dialogue. Oh, why don't you appreciate the... Me- no, dude. I came to the movie to watch jokes be told and, and characters be interesting. Wally's not an interesting character. He's a robot that cleans up and falls in love with a, another robot. What is complex about that? Nothing. There's nothing complex about Wally. Yes, they want to save the Earth. Yes, it's a message about we're destroying the Earth. I get that. But did they really have to spend an hour of him cleaning trash and not talking? Like, no dialogue at all? You know, it got good when they, when, when Wally got onto the ship with all the fat people. That was cool. I get that. But I just, I hate it because it was so slow that I didn't care anymore by the time it got to the meat of the movie. As I digress, Soul is probably the best Pixar movie I've ever seen. And I, 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 you have to take that really serious because I love Pixar movies besides the ones I mentioned. I love Pixar movies. You know, I've, I, I've cried at probably 60% of them. And that rarely happens in movies for me. I mean, how often have you cried at a movie? It's been a while. And for me, it, it seems to happen every fucking Pixar movie that's good except for Wally and Brave. And the good dinosaur, and to some extent the car series. The last one, Onward, that was Pixar, right? Onward was great, and I don't even have a brother. I mean, I feel like if you have a brother, and on- Onward was, was will really hit hard. So once again, as I, I go bring back to it, I was a you know you learn things. Toy Story, I learned a lot. A Bug's Life, I learned a lot. You know, Toy Story One is about friendship, and it's about. Being, you know, being there for, you know, meeting a stranger who, you know, Buzz Lightyear, they don't like each other, and then they become friends, and they work together. That's the story. That's the lesson. Uh, Bugs Life, what do you learn? Uh, that ants can, you know, even though you might be a small ant, you're strong in numbers, and, and, you know, stand up the bullies, which are the crickets, and crickets are fucking pussies, by the way. I mean, they couldn't pick something bigger like cockroaches? Dude, I would be scared if it was cockroaches. Because crickets, dude, right? Aren't the bad guys crickets in a Bugs Life? Dude, that shit's not, but they, they did make them scary looking. Hopper was a scary looking motherfucker, right? Uh, what else did I, I mean, uh, Finding Nemo, it's about, well, friendship again and, and, you know, underestimating Dory even though she's forgetful, but then she becomes useful. Um, so that's like my early years. You know, that wasn't up until I was 13. And then the older I got, the, the messages of the movies that I would watch would get even more. Well, well, first of all, Monsters, Inc. We got to remember Monsters, Inc., one of my favorites as well. Probably it was my second or third favorite before Soul came out. 
I mean, that was great. But then Coco, right? Coco's Pixar, I think. Coco, it's about, it's about, you know, your grandparents and, and the love of music, which is kind of similar to Soul, actually. Uh, Inside Out, which is also, Inside Out is the one that made me cry. And Toy Story 3. Those are the two that, that fucked my emotion. And then Soul, recently Soul. But I don't want to spoil it, so I can't, I can't talk about it. But, yeah, the, those, those, uh, Inside Out where, cause I was a kid that bounced around a lot when I was young. Not, not bounced around like on the bed. Like I bounced around in different countries. Uh, I grew up in Japan, the States. And then from the States, uh, Washington, Punta San Diego, and in San Diego I went to here. But I never felt like I belonged in one address for, for too long. So I didn't have that set of friends that you grew up with ever since you were young. So Inside Out really hit hard when, when Riley, I think her name is Riley, she was moved. You know, she already had a group of friends. She was popular where she was. And then she moved to this brand new place and nobody knows her. And then she tried to run away from, I didn't, I never ran away from home, but I felt that. That shit hurt. That shit hurt, bro. I can kind of just feel, I can feel it right now just thinking about it. The fact that, you know, the sadness has to kind of exist. To, you need to feel these emotions. Dude, Inside Out really hit hard. Coco, I understand why Coco... Because I haven't lost... Well, actually, no. I lost my grandfather, uh, I think, a year ago or two years ago. But the um, Coco is more for people who've lost their grandparents or maybe even their parents. I, I, I watched it before I lost my grandfather. Uh, but like I think I mentioned, I wasn't super close to my grandfather. I mean, I was sad when he passed. I'm more close to my Lola, who's still alive, alive and alive and kicking, hopefully for many, many more years. But Coco didn't really hit that hard for me. But I know a lot of people who find that one very, uh, very, not difficult to watch, but very emotional. And what's the other one? Oh, Toy Story 3. Oh, Toy Story 3. Don't even get me started on that shit. I think on Halala Show, I even teared up a bit talking about it. That scene, man, that fucking scene where Andy is giving away his toys and then he sees Woody and then the girl, I forgot the girl's name because I don't give a shit about that little girl. I care more about Andy. The girl is like, hey, it's my cowboy and she tries to reach out for him and then Andy pulls him back. And that little slight hesitation when he hesitates to give up his toy, his favorite toy ever. In in a way, it's kind of, you know, a symbolism symbolizes his youth i'm giving away everything that i grew up with you know my favorite toy my childhood i'm giving it up uh to this girl and he hesitates and in that moment that little that little hesitation i felt that dude because i remember playing with a lot of toys when i was young and i don't even remember where they are now but i remember never wanting to part from those toys the, I had these little action figures. Uh, I called them robots. My mom called them robots. I don't know why, but they're action figures. You mga ano? Power Rangers. Uh, some some of my cousins may like sila sa mga wrestling figures, but mine were like the Sentai is what they call it. S-E, not hentai, yeah. Sentai. S e n t a i. Just look it up. Like Power Rangers, basically Power Rangers, but different uh, versions of them from Japan. And I would play with them all the time. And I don't remember what I don't remember what happened to them, but all I remember was I would never want to part with them before, and I wanted to play with them. And then I felt that moment. That was hard. But okay, let's go. Let's move on to Soul. Man, Soul. Okay, spoiler free. But I just want to say that Soul hit me in a way that I've never been 
hit before by a Pixar movie simply because of I think of my age right now. And I think I got I got to go on the record. Soul is not a uh, Soul is not a kids movie. Like if you think it's gonna be entertaining for your seven year old, if you have a seven year old or eight year old, it's not. It's it's very deep. It it explores a lot of um, yes themes that are very adult. The afterlife, um, the meaning of life. You know your spark in life. I think to anyone who's going through a quarter life crisis, soul is going to be the one that hits you the most because it's really about what is the purpose of living? What is the drive behind your life? It's so, it's so good. It is such a good movie. And you're going to find yourself after watching it, reflecting and thinking about, I don't know, if you're in my same boat as me. You're going to be like, damn, what the hell did I just watch? What am I feeling right now? It will make you feel things. I teared up a little bit. I cried. No, I cried. I didn't tear up. I cried a little bit during the movie. I'm not going to tell you when because I want you to watch it and I don't want you to like be like, oh, this is where I'm going to fucking cry, man. Um, but I, I teared up in certain parts. But it was more really the resonating message behind the film that left me astounded. And I don't say that much about movies. It really has a way of of kind of putting itself, working itself into your the narrative of your life. Because, you know, when you watch movies, any movie, you usually put yourself in the role of the the hero, right? Or the, the, the protagonist. I mean, not all movies. But for the most part, you, you try to... The, the audience relates to the character on screen. And I think... This the main character, see Joe, played by Jamie Foxx, by the way, who I thought wasn't going to be good. I don't know why. I just I can't imagine Jamie Foxx as a voice actor, even though he's won every fucking like oh, he's won a Grammy, he's won he's won an Oscar. I don't know why I ever doubted the man, but just I don't. Know, it just feels weird. I didn't he it didn't strike me as he would be a good you know voice actor, but he killed it. Tina Fey was really good as the other character uh, named Twenty Two. You'll understand why her name is Twenty Two. But you put yourself in the in the shoes of Jamie Foxx, or in some cases, maybe 22. And you just, man, I don't even, like, I without spoiling, I can't talk about it without spoiling it. So maybe I'll talk about it again. I want to, actually. Yeah, I'll give you two weeks to watch it. You know, I know New Year's is coming. Uh, but you have some days off. If you can find a way to procure this movie. There is no Disney Plus here, but if you can find a way... Maybe you know a relative. You know, that one relative who happens to have been up to date with all the latest movies. Go ask them, hey, buddy, can I get some soul up in here? Um, it just, it just, you will relate. In one way or another, there will be messages in the movie that you can apply to your own life. And nothing there's no other movie that hit me that hard in many years. Onward came out earlier this year, but like I said, I don't really have a, I don't have a, a brother. So I think that would have really hit home for people at brothers. There are some really touching scenes in Onward, but this movie is more about life. It's not about family ish kind of, but not really. It's more about living life. And that is so general that it becomes specific. Does that make any sense? 
like it's so general it applies to everyone but then you take it and you apply it to your own life in a specific aspect that you can only identify with in a way it makes sense in my head i don't think it makes sense when i say it out loud here into the podcast world it's just such a good good movie and i think i mean i I even said on instagram sorry i don't know if it was recency bias you know recency bias but i think it is the best pixar movie that i've ever seen it's my favorite pixar movie simply because it, it hit me at Maybe that's what it is. Every time a Pixar movie comes out and it hits me, maybe I, I say it's the best one. But I, not not really. This is this is I can I feel like I can go on record and say this is the one. The uh, let's just talk about the maybe the non spoiler superficial aspects of the movie. Damn, that movie looks fucking awesome, dude. Like the the CGI is incredible. The lighting. I, I mean I don't really care about this stuff. You know me when it comes to movies. I don't care about the writing and like the diegetic sound. But the the lighting in this movie is so good. It's set in New York, uh, like fifty percent set in New York, fifty percent is set in this like weird astral plane kind of thing that I can't even understand. I have to rewatch it a few times. Not the afterlife, but like pre-life. I don't know what. You, just, just if you watch the trailer, you'll you'll kind of get what I mean. So it's not really a spoiler. But New York, I've been to New York once, and I, I mean I I haven't lived there my whole life, but I think they did it justice. If you've lived in New York or if you've been to New York several times, if you watched the movie, let me know if you think they, they, they got it right. But that shit looks incredible. Uh, there are some funny jokes. It, it's kind of funny. It's not the funniest Pixar movie. Uh, I think the funny... What is the funniest Pixar movie? Probably Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. is hilarious. Uh, it's not the funniest one, but it's 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 good. It's got jokes. Uh, but it is very adult-themed. Like, not like porno, but it's... You won't get it. If, if I watched that at 10 years old, I would not get it. I wouldn't even, f- I would be bored. Maybe not bored, but I'd be like, what is going on? There's a lot of jokes that will go over. Even for me as an adult, a lot of the jokes kind of flew over my head or I had to rewatch it just to kind of get it. So once again, it's not for kids, but soul, man, man, that really is the best fucking movie I've seen this year. It's up there in my top movies of, of all time. And a movie hasn't hit me this hard since I was in maybe I, I don't want to just throw out like random movies that hit me hard, but I I specifically remember a time uh, it was in I think I I just I was in the middle of college and I rewatched this movie which I watched as a young kid, but see I was young I didn't get it like I got it but I kind of didn't but I um it's a Robin Williams movie from nine like the nineties. It's called What Dreams May Come because that movie is also one of the driving factors in my life. <laughs> Even though I don't know the title, <laughs> it's a heavy. It, this movie is heavy, super freaking heavy. Yeah, What Dreams May Come from nineteen ninety eight, and the story is about Robin Williams, and he loses his wife, and he follows her into like purgatory. I think by way of suicide. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I watched it. And I think his son died also prior to that. But for the most part of the movie, for the majority of the movie, it's Robin Williams traversing through like purgatory and like hell. And like, I don't think, I don't know if they ever reached heaven, but they, they basically he would see dead people, like all the, you know, the souls and well, not even souls, just the afterlife. And that shit was really heavy for me because... You know, when when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, I never really thought about dying. You know, you know that saying that when you're young, 
you don't really care about like you feel like you'll you're 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 invincible you'll live forever i never thought about death and when i watched that movie again in my 20s i was like holy shit we're all gonna fucking die one day one day we're all going to leave the earth and that that was equal parts depressing because it's depressing dude i mean what's more depressing than you dying or your family dying <laughs> i don't mean to sound really grim but it's su- it sucks it's sad but it did spur me to kind of say hey man you only have one life and and you know as cliche as drake's yolo may be you really only live once and that was kind of the catalyst for me thinking shit i want to go to the philippines and live out my my dreams really that movie that movie was this like the spark in my life uh and now now that i've watched soul you know i've been and you know, if you've been listening to my podcast, you've been listening to Hala Hala Show. I even got some messages of, of, of like concern, not really concerned, like, oh, JC, don't do anything bad or don't do anything drastic, but concerned about how I was feeling because I really was, I really was. And I, and in some ways I still am feeling really shitty about turning 30. I'm not, I was not, I'm not happy about it. Uh, and I've been, you know, really struggling with, the, with my, with my sense of purpose in life. And Soul kind of put it at ease in a way. Or at least gave me a new perspective on it. And people have been telling me, I, this is this perspective that I feel like I gain watching Soul. It's something that people have been telling me. But maybe it's just easier for me to digest in the form of a Pixar movie than just kind words from internet people. So you know how sometimes you really have to get it on your own rather than people telling you how to feel not that there's anything wrong with telling you how to feel or like suggesting you know do this do that but you have to kind of figure it out on your own and this movie i guess it wasn't on my own but it it wasn't it wasn't spoon-fed to me i just kind of took the message from the movie that i watch and soul did that for me i god i really want to talk about the movie with with everything like everything in detail but i need to give you time to watch it because i know a lot of you haven't I know a lot of you are law-abiding citizens, so you might not even get to watch it for a while. But if you find a chance to watch it, even if, I mean, if you can pay to watch it, even better. (laughs) You must watch Soul. It is the best movie of 2020, and it is in my top movies of all time. Next to Die Hard. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. That's all I have to say about Soul because, like, you know, there's so much more I have to say, but right now I can't. I can't because it would spoil the movie. Great movie, Soul. Best Pixar movie, in my opinion. All right, moving on, JC. What else did you want to talk about? You already talked your ear off about movies. Is there anything else you want to say? I'm sorry I didn't release on Christmas, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill, man. I was lazy. It was Christmas. I ate, I had food coma for the last fucking few days. I spent the uh, Christmas. Eve, uh, with Rhea Rams here at the station, uh, we watched, uh, some movies while we worked a little bit, and then we watched a little bit of movies. We ate pizza. Rhea brought some pizza. I ate a lot of pizza. Um, if you play Call of Duty Warzone, just on a side note, the DMR, the new Cold War gun, the DMR, is the most broken fucking gun in the game. I know none of you really listen to this who play Warzone, but if you, if you, if even one of you gets me, the DMR is the worst meta gun Ever. Meta stands for most effective tactics. I think is that most effective ta- tactics. So it's like the, 
the gun that will probably give you the advantage. But in this case, this gun gives you so much of a fucking advantage that there's no point in using any other gun. There's no reason for you to, to, to even try to play around with other weapons. The DMR is just, ugh, blech. Makes me want to throw up how freaking impossibly strong that shit is in the game. Ah, man. There's like no recall. Okay, sorry. Ah, uh, Warzone's boring. NBA, any NBA stuff you want to talk about, JC? Not really. James Harden came back from his COVID protocol breach. You know, he got suspended or whatever, like, or fined because he, he breached the COVID rules to go to the strip club. <laughs> he came back and dropped 44 points. So maybe the strip club is good for him. Maybe the strip club works. Maybe to get 44 points, you need to go to strip club. They did lose that game, though. Um, I don't know, Pei Bay. I don't know, Pei Bay. I didn't talk about my Christmas movies, the, but I did watch... Throughout the last week, I've watched a bunch of Christmas movies. Home Alone 1 and 2. Home Alone 3, even though it's not Macaulay Culkin, I still find it enjoyable. Different character. Um... I watched no, I haven't. No, I was gonna rewatch Love Actually, but I missed that opportunity. But I'm gonna watch it again soon. Um, what else did I watch Christmasy? Kalimudane. So many. I watched so much, so much Christmas goodness that I forgot. I'm kind of drained just talking about Soul Man. <laughs> but it's gonna be New Year's uh, by the time Friday comes around, which is when I normally release my podcast. It's gonna be New Year, so I don't think I'm gonna release on Friday. So, but in case, yeah, well, most likely I'm not going to. So I'm going to let this be for, well, it is literally, this is going to be my last podcast of 2020 because on Friday, it's going to be 2021. It's going to be a crazy year again. You know, people are saying, you know, 2021 is going to roll around. It's going to be a brand new year, but it's going to be shitty. It's going to be shitty still, but shitty with an upside because the, you know, the vaccine is out. Um... Ah, the vaccine is out. And then there, there's there's people who are kind of... Well, not people, but there's places where restrictions are kind of being lifted-ish, except for here. <laughs> we have the longest lockdown in the world, supposedly. But eventually, it's going to go back to normal. Uh, we'll be able to travel again. For me, all I hope, all I wish for, my Christmas slash New Year wish, if I'm allowed one, uh, if, if Wonder Woman 1984 will allow me to wish... <laughs> And the wishing stone. I just want Rocket back. I just want to be able to go to an event. I was just thinking about it on the way here. I was imagining hosting a debut. Any you know my thoughts on debuts. I even said it. I'm not a big fan of hosting debuts. But I want to do that shit right now. I'll do it right now. If someone says, hey, JC, you want to host a debut? Fuck it. I'm in, bruh. I forgot. I don't know what I would. I don't. I feel like I don't remember what it's like to stand on the stage and talk to strangers. I'm doing it here on the podcast, but. It's it's a completely different experience, and I don't remember how to do it, man. It's been more than a year since my last live hosting. I've done some online gigs, but besides that, it's just it's not the vibe, man. It's completely different, you know. Online, you're you're in your boxer shorts, you have cue cards just on the side, you have people chatting like the private chat saying, "Hey, move on to this thing, move on to this." You don't control everything. Not that you do when you're live hosting, but you feel. You have to run the flow of the program when you're hosting live. In the online, it just feels like you're following a script the whole way through. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, but my wish is that I get my racket back and that advertisers will spend money on podcasts now. More and more. I mean, they did some this year, but I, you know, I think 
once it all all the restrictions lift and they have more budget to allocate, they're gonna gravitate towards podcasts within the next few years, and hopefully they do that. Um, yeah, I don't really care about sponsored posts on Instagram that much, even though I have a couple left to do. I mean, that's never really been my thing. It was at first. Remember, I told you I was super obsessed with numbers and shit way back. But now I don't give a fuck. I actually turned down. Like I got offered, um, I got offered a posting for a uh, alcoholic beverage, which was actually supposed to be posted yesterday. And the budget, I'll, I'll bite being smaller or less than what I would normally accept. It was still, you know, for a photo, it will give me. I won't give you the exact number, but for for posting a photo, it would have paid for two two weeks of groceries for me. You know, it's just a photo on Instagram. What's the big deal, JC? I don't know, man. I just... Every post... Most of my posts have been sponsored posts because I don't feel like posting anything during this pandemic. What is there to post? Selfies on my balcony? What I... My shitty cooking that I cook? There's nothing to post. I don't go out, really. Rarely. I don't have a photo of me in a face mask. I don't want to. I want to show my pretty... My pretty mug to you all. I don't want to take a photo with my face mask and post it online, man. You guys see my beautiful mouth <sighs> and my failing jawline, dude. I've been gaining weight again, bro. I need to get up on it. Uh, I need to lose weight before my surgery. I'm, I'm planning on getting my knee surgery, as as those of you who have been following this podcast know already. I'm trying to get my knee surgery late January, early Feb. Uh, actually, I was going to get it early, like mid January, but I got an inquiry for hosting, so hopefully, I get that in late January, so that I can have a little bit of breathing room. I have I have enough money though. Don't worry about me, guys. Don't worry about me, guys. I just want to. I just want things to go back to normal. I miss working. There, there's a, a satisfying feeling about hosting. It's after you're done, and I know that sounds bad. You're like, oh, you didn't like the event. No, you know the whole event is cool, especially when you're in the moment and you're doing a great job hosting, and the, the, the you know your people are vibing, as the kids say nowadays, right? You know, you're vibing. The, there's an electricity in the room and you feel like you are a the catalyst or at least a, a conduit or a spark for it. It feels amazing. But there's nothing better than when you say, my name is JC Tevez. Thank you for being such a great crowd tonight. See you all next year or happy birthday to the debutant, blah, blah, blah. Good night. And then you end and people are usually, usually people are partying. If it's a debut, people are partying. Some Some kids are drinking. You know, because you're 18, you want to drink up with your friends. Or after a corporate Christmas party, people are, you know, dancing. And it's just the electricity that leaves, like, in the room. It's still there. And you're, 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 uh, how do you say this? Like, you can, I, I, I loosen my tie. Usually I host in a tie. I loosen my tie and I, I sit back and I kick it with the, the people. I don't leave right away usually. I, I kick it. Usually they invite you to stay. So, I, I feel like I, there's never been a time where I just kind of creep. I was the creepy guy that stayed just to talk to people. No, they they actually, you know, I they they developed the, I developed the connection with them throughout the hosting, and it just kind of that's just how it works. And driving home, man, driving home. I have this uh, tradition, not tradition, but it's one of the best feelings in the world. <laughs> Even though I don't recommend it, it's not it's not good for your health. I smoke one cigarette. On the way back from wherever I was hosting, in the car, windows down, because you know it's like you're winding down, man. You just have this great night. You killed it. You made you know good money for what you were doing for that short amount of time, and you're just driving home. 
it's usually nighttime, right? Not all the host events are at night, but most of the events that I do are at nighttime. So, you know, driving home late, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., sometimes early in the morning, 1 a.m., it just feels like you're at peace. And I feel like my, my, uh, if you watch, if you watch Soul, uh, it's like my spark in life. You'll get it. And with that being said, uh, this podcast has also been a great spark in my life. So to each and every one of you that listens, uh, just on a more serious note, I know I joke around a lot, but it really means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you listen. It means a lot to me that some of you uh, have listed me in your top podcasts of, of Spotify for 2020. Hopefully it's the same trend in 2021. Uh, tell your friends about Hala Hala Show. Uh, you don't have to tell them about this one because you normally you'll gravitate, right? If you're a Hala Hala Show listener, you'll gravitate to this podcast. And if you don't listen to Hala Hala Show, what the fuck are you doing here, man? I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, but it, it's just it's so cool to get these these thoughts off my mind because I want to talk to soul. Uh, I want to talk about soul. And I, there's a you know I have my former coworker named Steffi. She posted about it on Instagram, so I messaged her a little bit about it. But other than that, it's just I really wanted to just speak my mind about things, not just movies, but everything. And the fact that there's a little audience, you know, a small audience out there for me. Hopefully it gets bigger. But even if it doesn't, I appreciate the small audience that I have right now. The engaged audience, by, by the way. You guys all listen like almost the whole way through, which is mad props to you guys. And thank you once again. And I know it's been a really shitty year, and that's going to be the thing that you see online. You know, I bet you every caption on New Year's Eve is going to be the same shit. 2020 was shitty. 2021, let's look to a brighter... And then, of course, that's what you want to say. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to say the same thing here. 2020 was ass. 2021 is going to be ass, but less ass. Okay? And keep up doing what you're doing and we made it this far you know i'll throw every cliche at you uh but i mean it let's get through this together let's make 2021 better let's all sing imagine by the beatles or by anna by anna john lennon (laughs) and hold hands that's it, guys. Um, follow the Instagram if you want to message me. Once again, the podcast Instagram, Tevez is the best. Uh, don't send me nudes. Thanks. <laughs> but other than that, I will reply to you. And happy fucking New Year in advance to everyone. And I'll see you all. Say it with me. Later. Happy New Year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 